Welcome to the teaching ministry of Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista, California. This is uh, week number four of a five-part series on generosity. If you have missed any of the previous three um, messages, I encourage you to go to paseodelray.org, download those messages, and listen to those. They've been, uh, they've been great. Um, in the first week, Gary um, told us about the king of generosity, our great God, and how he deals with us in this crazy, reckless, irre- uh, irrational, generous way. And, uh, and, and so we, we, we saw that. And then in week two, uh, Fred uh, shared with us how um, generosity shows us what our priorities, what our desires, and what our um, worship is. And that it's a great indicator of how we're growing uh, in, our, in, in being fully devoted followers uh, of Jesus. And, um, and then last week, um, Pastor Danny uh, Kimlock uh, from uh, Restored Church South Bay shared with us how generosity typically is um, sacrifice. And, and oftentimes there's... there's hurt and pain that come along with that. And uh, not just necessarily from a, a financial standpoint, but from just a matter of giving myself. And remember, he just kind of shared story of how, um, you know, just that giving to others of yourself to um, uh, how, how that can just be so, so painful at times also. But encourage us to do that. And in that joy, though, are in that, that sacrifice, uh, oftentimes it just results in this sense of joy. And remember back to the, the first message that Gary was talking about, there, there was a studies that were done that where there were you know, two uh, controlled groups and each of them got, uh, everybody in the group got $100. And in this group they were told, go buy whatever you want. Make yourself happy, buy whatever you'd like. And they're doing brain scans, you know, on, on these people that are they're buying things. And then uh, this group over here, they told them, I want you to give your money away. Find out, you know, who you'd like to give your money to, okay? And when they did these scans, what they found out is that the people that were the ones that were generous, the ones that were giving, their happy spots all lit up, you know? And so it was like, wow, this is great, you know? Giving, is, there's this sense of joy, and there's this, this good feelings that come from that. Now, again, that's kind of the mercenary side of, of uh, generosity. You know, it makes you feel good. It makes you healthy. The studies show, science shows that, that generous people, are, they live longer, they're healthier, they have less diabetes, uh, heart disease. How does it control your blood sugar? I have no idea. But, but you're just much better off. When you're generous. And the more generous you are, the better off you are. The more whole you're, you, you are as a person. Crazy stuff, right? So this week, I want to talk about, you know, as in the previous weeks, and, and most often when we talk about this, we talk about generosity as you being generous. 
and me being generous. But today, I want to talk to us about us being generous. I want to join together in generosity. Okay, so that's what we're going to kind of focus on here this morning. As we do, I want to ask a few questions. There, there are more um, just for you to, to, to ponder. But when you're called home to Jesus, when, when you pass away, when you die, will you have a better or lesser understanding and knowledge of our great God? I think better, right? After all, we're going to be at that point, we're made whole. Right? In Jesus. Right? So we'll have a better knowledge of Jesus. Perfect knowledge of Jesus. And, and God the Father. And, and who we are and where we are. It will have been made perfect. And so in that perfect knowledge, will we worship God more and better or lesser? Kind of more, right? I, I would think. I, I, I mean, are you, are you with me here? I mean, it's going to be a lot better in heaven. Right? I mean, for God, for us... It's just all around. It's better, right? Will we be more obedient or less obedient when we're in heaven? More obedient, right? And will we be more fully devoted followers of Jesus or lesser? More, right? So why are we here? Why are we here? Why hasn't God, when he saves us and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we come to salvation, why doesn't he pull us up to heaven immediately? Where we're made perfect, where we worship him perfectly, where, where it is all said and done. Why does, it not, why does that not happen? And the reason is this. Because you and me are plan A in how God deals with the rest of the world. And there is no plan B. We are it. As broken as I am, as fallible as I am, as much as I mess it up and am sloppy in how it is that I deal in the world, he still chooses to use the likes of me and you. It's crazy, but that's his plan, and that's what he's doing, and that's why we're still here, is to do his work. And what is that work? Well, in Scripture, there's three things that I find that God has called us to do. One is, is to tend the earth. And right from the beginning in Genesis, you know, we were called, we're called to tend his creation. And we're in charge of that. The second thing is, is that we want to share the cure, the cure, the good news, the gospel of Jesus. We want to share that. And we need to be senders. And some of us need to be those preachers, right? Blessed are the feet of those that have gone, right? And the third thing is, is that we're called to care for those that are the least of these, okay? The widow, the fatherless, the alien, and others, and I don't know about you, but I don't have a wheat field, I don't have uh, olive trees, and I don't have uh, grapevines that you would see there in Deuteronomy, right? But I think you get the idea that God is calling us to be open-handed and generous with all that we have. Okay. Now, he doesn't just send us, uh, send us out on our own, but he also then resources us. And God gives us um, our finances, our possessions, our materials, um, our talents. He also gives us the message that he sends us out to share with, it, with the world, right? The gospel, that cure that we talk about, okay? He provides that, that message of hope. The Holy Spirit empowers us. 
gives us the power and gives us spiritual gifts to use while we go out into the world. And he gives us that communication link to stay aligned with what God's plan is, prayer. But as, we've, as I've gone through this in the last few weeks and thinking about this, the one thing that really struck me is, is that the other thing that God gives us is the vehicle for all of this to happen. And he did that when he ordained the church. And the church is the vehicle for how God wants to, to roll out his plan in the world. In all of these things, of tending the earth, of sharing the gospel, of caring for the least of these. In, um, if you take your Bibles, Matthew 16, we're going to be there and we'll be, we'll be flipping over to 18 in just a minute also. But Jesus uh, is, is uh, with his disciples, they're, they're walking along towards Caesarea Philippi. Okay? Caesarea Philippi is built on this rock mount. Okay? Big old, big old rock. And, um, and, and, and so as he's approaching, he, he kind of sees, and you know how Jesus is, he uses all the things around him, right, for his illustrations and stuff. So there's a point here. And he, and he, and he asks, he asks the, the, the disciples, he says, who do people say that I am? And they give some response. Well, some say that you're, uh, you, you know, you're Elijah, and some say this, some say that. And he says, who do you say that I am? And Simon responds, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so we pick up in verse 17. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, uh, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you, Peter, Petros, small rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, Whatever you, Peter, bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And here, Jesus establishes the mission for the yet-to-be-established church. Okay, there is no church yet, but Jesus says church, okay? And at that point, church was a political, could be a political gathering. So it wasn't that church, the, the word ecclesia wasn't used at that time. It was used, but it wasn't used for what Jesus was now ordaining the church that we are sitting in together 2,000 years later that Jesus ordained at this particular time and yet wouldn't see established for a couple more years in Jerusalem at Pentecost, right? Okay. And um, now, be, before we go off painting pictures of St. Peter at the pearly gates, um, checking ID for people coming in, you know, and whoa, well, not you, and right, right, some of those those old thoughts here. Let's take a look in chapter eighteen, verse one. So we get a context in verse one. So at this time, the disciples, all of the disciples, came to Jesus and asked, "Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven?" And for the next fourteen verses. Um, Jesus says, well, wait a second. Why are you asking about who's the greatest in heaven? So he gives them a lesson on humility. And then he uh, proceeds to tell them also that, hey, you, you got to make sure that, you know, people are taking care of my sheep. And those that don't, it won't bode well for. But we pick up in verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, 
Treat him as you would a pagan or tax collector. He goes on and he says, I tell you the truth, whatever you, okay, context again, the disciples, whatever you, y'all, bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It's not just Peter, but it's all of the disciples. In 19, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Once again, God is calling as the church and he partners. He's not leaving the church. He's partnering with the church to bring about um, all of the work that he wants to do in the world. And in verse 20, it says, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Okay. And so here we see that the church, although not established until Pentecost, is ordained by Jesus at this time. And Peter, the disciples, and we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven, loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. How can that be? Because the keys are the gospel. And as we give the keys of heaven to people in in the gospel, it opens up the door. See, Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're going to be my main man. I'm giving you the keys. Okay? And you're the one, you know, as you start off and lead the church, then this is how. We're going to keep how the doors of heaven will be open is through the gospel that you have that you're going to share with the world. Okay, so the church is just kind of as as we think about the the church and the is the body of Christ, and Jesus talks a lot then um, further and the and the epistles talk about the church and what our function is in the church. But Jesus said the first thing that the church is is to share the gospel. To go out into the world. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Yeah, right? In Acts 1, 8, it tells us that you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the church primarily is to is to be is to go out it's to grow it's to cover the earth and that is the body of Christ and we that's us we're it we're, we are that the second thing is is that is the church is to build up the body of believers that's edification and we see that Paul talks a lot about that in Ephesians and um, the third thing is is that we're to worship. And so where, there's, where edification is about us and us being built up, it's worship is about God and how we express ourselves and bring God glory. Okay? Turns that, that God talks about. To be generous. It's the social concerns that, that God talks about. That we're to practice generosity. That we should be the, the, the prime movers in our society. Not government. I, I mean, over the, over the many hundreds of years, this has just gotten all screwed up. Social security, all of that sort of thing. That's because the church, honestly, the church hasn't done its job. We've abdicated our responsibilities in the world. And so the government has had to pick up much of that. We need to be doing that. We need to be the ones not pointing out, well, the government will take care of them. Right? I pay my taxes. 
Don't let your taxes be what it is that, that, that works in the world. Let the church be what works, works in the world. That's what God has ordained. So how are we doing as Paseo del Rey? Well, our mission here, our purpose here, is to partner with God to transform people into fully devoted followers of Jesus for his glory. That's what we say is our, is, is our mission statement. That's what we're about. And we are often asking ourselves as a leadership team, are we effective at this? Are we doing what we say? I mean, we, we want to always test ourselves, right? I mean, or are we just kind of sitting on the corner here on Paseo del Rey in East Jay? And um, a place for somebody to come on, uh, on, on, uh, you know, on, the, on a Sunday morning. So we asked this question, and it's haunted me ever since I first heard this. And it is, who would miss us if these doors are all shuttered after this service today, never to be opened again? And why? Who would miss us? Are we fulfilling the purpose of God for Paseo del Rey? And we ask ourselves that question, who would miss us? So let me ask you, help me out here. Who would miss us? Okay. Thank you. We got one. Excellent. Who else would miss us? Y'all. I think y'all would miss us, right? I, I, I kind of take that for granted. But who else would miss us? Of missionaries, right? Yeah, you bet. Of both abroad and ones that are here local too, right? Uh huh. Who else? Church plants, right? Danny, remember what Danny said last week? Did you catch that? I caught it because I knew I was going to be preaching this week, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's great." And no, but no one else caught it, I'm sure. But what he said was, is that they would be nothing without Paseo del Rey. It wasn't exactly that, but it was like that. We don't know what we would do without Paseo del Rey because we've been able to use the facilities here. And you do that. You do that in your offerings. It allows us to keep the lights on, to keep the building going, to, to be able to make it improvements here, to be able to be generous. What about BSF on Tuesday nights? You may not know that, but they use our facilities here too. What about Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts use our facilities here too. What about... What else? What's that? VBS. VBS, right? Yeah. Kids in, all in our community that come and come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Awesome. Isn't that awesome? What else? Trolley trestles, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about silent voices? Um, what about, um, we've, we've got women that, that crochet and knit things and give them to organizations that, use that, that need that. How about those that volunteer with CAST in our city? that help people in, their, in, the, in the darkest times of their lives? How about the other things that we volunteer with? We're doing that as a body here. How about Syrian refugees? Okay, not all of you participate in that. Just some of you participate in that. But together, as we participate in this, we're joining together in our generosity as we affect our, our community and our nation and our world. We can do that together. That's what God has called us to do. There's so many other things here that I, I could list. Um, let me switch gears on you, though. Um, I said that this is about, my message is about joining in generosity. 
But I want to just kind of put in just a little parenthesis here and talk about us individually. And the question that we asked about who would miss us when the doors are shuttered, I want you to ask this question. Who would miss you if today was your last day? And why? And let that be maybe an indicator, just a dashboard indicator of your level of generosity. As you, with your family, with the people you work with, with missionaries, Paseo, who would miss you and why? So um, I want to take uh, a, a few minutes and uh, watch, watch this video here. I had an accident <laughs> and my hip was broken in so many pieces. I have two rods in my hip. She's an angel among us. If you watch her in the bread company, everyone comes in to see Catherine. You know, we sell the bread, but I feel like there are some people who specifically come with prayer requests and uh, I go pray for them. One day when we were sharing, she said she was in need of a different car, that her car was needing expensive repairs. I had been saving money, but uh, I knew it wasn't enough, so I knew I would take a few years to save for it. So a couple months later, I went in and I said, Catherine, how's your car fund coming? And she said, I gave it all away. And I looked at her and, and she said, there was a widow in need and I gave her the $5,000. I struggled a lot when I gave that money. And uh, I said, I feel okay, but do you think I did the right thing? I mean, I cannot give what I don't have, so I just give what I had. I was shocked, and so I come home and I tell Pete that we needed to help Catherine with her car fund. He looked at me and he said, no, I think we need to buy Catherine a car. And I said, okay, great. Pete called Scott and said, do you know Catherine at Great Harvest? And he said, yes, he did. Pete said, well, we'd like to buy her a car. He asked Pete, do you want to use your new car? And it just hit him right in the face. Why would he ask me that? Of course I would want a used car. That's good enough. He just paused for a moment and he said, I want a new car. And he said it was silent on the phone for a few seconds. And Scott said, whoa, I want to help. And so he pitched in some. So she came to the bakery and uh, she asked me, if you were to buy a car, what kind of a car would you like? I said, Debbie, I'm not really planning to buy a car. But she said, oh, just tell me. And she said, I'd like a SUV cruise control. And she said, I'd like a light color. And we called Scott and he said, I think I've got the perfect car. So Pete said, can we deliver it tomorrow? 
So we have the bread company owner and his family, Scott and his family and our family. And Catherine sees us all coming in and she's just all excited to see everyone. And uh, I went to give them hugs and I said, what's Pete doing here? I did have the, the biggest idea. When I went out, And so we walked her over to the car. We said, Catherine, this is your new car. So, oh, I said, for me, this is for me. I said, oh, I, I knew God had many cars, but I didn't know he had a new one for me. So God had new cars <laughs> for me. We all stood there in tears as we saw the joy on Catherine's face, and we got to be a part of it. And the joy of that was unbelievable. So right, it was such an excitement to drive it. We told Catherine that we would like this to be confidential. But I kept running into people who would say, I heard what you did for Catherine. It wasn't even us, it was Catherine. It all started with Catherine giving of what she had to a widow to help her, and it just continues on. Generosity begets generosity. We don't give in order to receive. We give because it's the nature of Jesus Christ. He gave us his life. So we, we have the, the DNA of Jesus Christ of giving. <laughs> yeah, so this is one story I will never forget in my life. So go buy new cars and give them away. <laughs> no, that, if you want to see more, there's great stories on this website that's uh, ilikegiving.com, um, I think, .com or .org or something anyway. Um, good stuff. That, that's kind of a, a, a bit of a extreme. There's some that are just simple stories of what people do in generosity, and, and many are nothing to do with money, but just ideas on how we can do. And I want to just talk for a few minutes about, you know, what are some you know, ideas how we might grow in generosity. And I'm going to start with things that are more uh, concrete and going to things that are maybe a little bit more esoteric um, and just give you some ideas. But first of all is just consider everything that you have as a possibility to be generous with. I mean everything that you have. Let's look at some of that. So, of course, there's your, your, your finances, right? We can start off with that. And that's very, very concrete. And so it could be that, it, that, that you consider your giving here at the church. Again, for us to be, to join in in our generosity as we do that together. And we want to do that here at Paseo. There's so much that we want to do at Paseo. But we need to join in together to be able to make that happen. It could be that you don't have that cash. 
but it is that you have stocks, bonds, portfolio, uh, um, stock options, other parts of your portfolio, that you might be able to do that in such a way that as you give that, you're not paying the capital gains on those options. You know, these are things to be talking about with a tax person, that you can be giving that instead of the, the cash. A lot of possibilities there. We can make that work. Trust me. Um, what about your estate? Would you leave a legacy here at Paseo? Again, to allow the work of the church to continue on even while you're sitting in a box. Yeah, would you do that? Consider that. How might you leave a legacy um, here at Paseo del Rey? What about your possessions? Be open-handed. Your house. You're so blessed. I'm so blessed with our house. Be open-handed with that. Let others perhaps use that in some way. Have people over at your home. Minimalize. Get rid of your junk. Put stickers on stuff. And if you haven't done anything with that sticker in a year, out it goes. Get rid of it. Now, if you have it there for five years, come on. You're a hoarder. Get rid of that stuff. All right? And I don't mean a garage sale unless you're selling it and giving the money away. But, but, but give it away. Be generous with your leftovers, right? Isn't that the fields, the wheat fields, right? Don't go along and beat your, your, your uh, olive trees. Take, go back through your vines. Get rid of your stuff and give it, give it away. What about vehicles, donating vehicles? How about reward points? Now, one of the things that we're going to be doing come the first of the year is we're going to be going to Houston. Something happened in Houston. I, you may not have heard, right? There was a Hurricane Harvey that happened there. It was a pretty new, short news cycle because just a few days after that, what happened? Irma, right? Hits Florida. And you know how news is. Whoa, off on the, you know, ADD. You know, and never heard about Houston again. Well, we know about Houston. And we know that there's EFC churches there that are suffering. And we want to help. And we want to help long term. Now, it might be that you can't take time off to do that. It might be that you don't have the cash to be able to get yourself to Houston and back and to stay and that sort of thing. Okay. But you've got 357 billion United miles uh, and Marriott reward points okay, that you could use to send somebody else. Right? That's what you have. Use that. Be generous with that. How might you give that away? Now, also, what about your blood? It's free. You build it back up for free. You can give it for free. All right? Why not? Why don't you? Be a bone marrow um, uh, uh, participant in that. Okay? Be an organ donor. Okay? Guess what? When you're dead and gone, you aren't going to need them. All right? So don't let them rot in a box. Okay? Or get burned up. Right? Donate those. You know, Paul, is Paul here? There's Paul. I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for somebody that did that, Paul wouldn't be with us right now. Okay? Would you be generous that way? One of the, th- one of the things that you'll find on the I Like Car, that was I Like Car. Uh, another one was, I think it's like uh, I Like Kidney or something like that. And it was a young girl that donated a kidney. She didn't wait till she was dead. Okay. So there's a, a lot of things that, that we can do there. What about your talents, your skills, your gifts, your passions? Share the cure, right? Share the gospel with people all around you. 
What about your kind words? Those don't cost you. Your kind words don't cost you anything. Well, actually, they do, huh? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to say something good to somebody because they're just not nice. But encourage, words of encouragement. Patience. Let's move past that one and go to the last one. (laughs) That one is really, I struggle. I struggle with that a lot. And God's convicted me on that. And I'm really trying to be more generous. I see that as being generous. And, and, I, and I want to try to be more generous in that regard. And it's hard. That one is a, a sacrifice for me. Get the heck out of my way. Don't you know I'm going somewhere? Okay. Love. Be generous in your love, right? Okay. Now, we're going to finish off. I want to, I, I want to tell you 10 top actions that we're going to take, that I want you to take, okay? Walk away with 10. 10? Seriously? This will take us forever. You'll see that it won't. Okay, the first one is accept the generous gift of eternal life from Jesus. That is the most important by far, okay? You start off with that or it's just don't even bother on the rest of it, honestly, because that then is just all about you. But this is about Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. And if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, you need to know that now. You need to acknowledge that there's a a, a big chasm between God and you that is created because of sin and rebellion in our life. And you have no way of fixing that on your own. And you need to acknowledge that. And you need to confess that. But Jesus provided a way. And he bridges that gap between God and us and allows us to walk across that way. And so we want to follow the way of of Jesus. And we want to be generous and join together in generosity. Okay, numbers 2 through 7 have some familiarity um, in that. Okay, accept the generous gift of eternal life from Jesus. I can't say it anymore. That is the, 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 the cornerstone of all of our generosity is to know and be in Jesus Christ. Okay? If I, if I had 100, top 100, it would be 1 through 97. And then we'd be looking at 98. In this case, we'll just look at 98 because I didn't want 14 slides of, of, of that. Anyway. Um, and so, so then uh, number eight is... Um, if, if you're not a regular attender at Paseo del Rey here or at another church that loves Jesus, stop it. Quit that. Quit treating our churches like it's a Costco aisle grabbing food samples. You need to get engaged. You need to find a place to belong and become engaged in the body of Christ. Not hopping from one place to another. Or, oh, by the way, there's a good game on this morning, so maybe I'll catch it later on. Because we need you. We need each other. As we come to fellowship with one another and build one another up, and iron sharpens iron, we can't do that if we're not together regularly. Find a place to belong. If it's Paseo, beautiful. God bless you. If it's not, God bless you somewhere else. Go. Be gone. Find your place. It's okay. 
We'll miss you, but we need you to be part of the body of Christ where you fit in being the body of Christ. Be generous, though, by being here and being a part of what's happening here and engaged in what we're doing. Be generous this afternoon or, or tomorrow and take 35 minutes and do the cat thing for us. That's generosity. Please take time to do that. Okay? Second thing is, do something no matter how small you think it is or how, little, how insignificant you think that might be. There was um, a, a man that was walking along the beach and he sees uh, all along the beach are thousands and thousands of starfish that are on the beach. And he sees this boy down there by the water picking up a starfish and flings it back into the ocean. Okay, They've washed up and he flings it back into the ocean. And he walks along, he picks up another one, flings it out in the ocean. There's thousands of these things. This man walks up to the young boy and he says, you do know that what you're doing doesn't really matter, right? I mean, look at, look at all there is here. What difference is it are you making? And the young boy picks up another starfish, looks at it, looks at the man, pitches it out into the ocean and says, it mattered to that one. And you know, we just... For me, I just kind of um, personally, as we were doing this water thing, before we were doing the water thing, the water walk, and we raised this money, and our goal was $10,000, to raise $10,000, right? And I remember Kate saying that that, um, that would give clean water to about 1,000 people, and that's a wonderful thing. And, and then we end up doing like double that. So it's like we're going to be giving clean water to... 2,000 people in Rwanda. But I'm, a, I'm kind of a stats guy. And I know that there's over 2 billion people in the world that are suffering from no access of clean drinking water. And I'm a little bit good with math. And I can figure out that 2 billion and 2,000 is 0.000001%. What difference does it really make that we're doing here? Right? It makes a big difference to Justine right there. She received one of our water filters. And so her family has clean water. See, no matter how small you think it is, it matters. And what Jesus is doing through us matters. And we want to do so much more. And I hate the fact that we're constrained by finances, by a budget. And if you'll see, if you've read the bulletin at all, you'll see that we're struggling a bit to keep up with our budget. And consequently, your leadership team here are good stewards. And as we take a look at next year, and we're offering up the budget for next year, you'll see that it's less than what it is this year. That's just not right. If we want to be doing more and joining together in generosity as this church here, we can't do it that way. Now, we'll be creative, and we'll figure out ways how we can make a lot go, make a little go a long way. Okay? But help us do a lot with a lot, not a lot with a little. Join in and make PDR even more generous. Join us in that. As we were talking in our elders' meetings, you know, we, we, um, we're going through transition, which you know, right? 
And so we've been talking a lot about us as a church and what it is we're doing and what we want to do. And we're excited about all the opportunity that God has for us, that he wants to partner with us in this. And, and, and one of my friends said, he said, you know what? My, our giving, our family, our giving is faithful and it's automatic. But I got to tell you, it is so automatic that I don't really feel the pinch or the sacrifice. And he says, you know, I think, I think I need to go, we need to go back home as a family and we need to ask ourselves if we're at the right level of generosity and the joy that, you know, comes from that. We sent him home and said, go to it, pal. Be your own. Be your own. You know, we were also challenged. And we said, no, you're right. You know that? I'm kind of the same way. You know, it's just all kind of automatic, and I learned to live within that. And I don't really sense that level of sacrifice. So we challenged each other to go out and to pray about that with our spouses and see what we might do to, to raise our level of generosity, that we might do more work here at Paseo Del Rey. And, um, and so our, our board secretary was then the keeper. We each individually reported back to her, hey, we're going to raise how we're, we're going to lift up the amount of our giving by some percentage. And, um, and as a group, she came back and said, well, as a group, um, you are over 13% that you're going to be giving more. Now, I share that with you so you know what great guys we are. No, not at all. That's not at all the thing. I share that with you because I want you to know that your leadership team is committed to at, here at Paseo Del Rey and wants to see us do more on this corner. We're a relatively small church, right? We're just sit, we sit here on this corner here. What could we really do? How much could we really do? But look at what we've been doing and how much we can do. Would you join us in that? You know, there's a lot of opportunities in the world and sometimes, you know, it's, it's like, you know, oh, this is really cool and I want to be involved in, in that and so I'm going to give to that. And, oh yeah, well, we have Paseo Del Rey and they got to keep the lights on and that sort of thing. But, but, and then, oh, this over here and that. But I want you to, I want to tell you that Jesus has ordained the church as his vehicle to bring about the good in the world, to minister to the world. Okay? He has not done that with the government, and he has not done that with all of the parachurch organizations. Now, that's going to be a little controversial, I would guess. But I'll tell you what. It's not that they're bad at all. That's not it. And they need support too. But I want to tell you, it ought to be after you have have engaged in and generosity with your local church where it is that you belong so that we together join together and in, in, in have the synergy to go out and minister to the world. And we do that. Let's pray. Father, I... You can do so much, Lord. And you can do it without any of us. And yet you continue to, to tell us that you want to use us and, and that we would partner with you in your great plan. And that you provide the opportunities for us. 
You've created us, created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. And you have us here together for some reason on this corner to shine out to our community, um, to our country, as a congregation, and to the world. And Father, um, we thank you how you've blessed us in so many ways. Lord, I pray that you would make us a blessing even more as we leave from here. And we pray this in your name. Amen.